0: Doing good? You know, like, I've done this before. I work with all the kids here, and so when I ask them, Are you doing good? you know, they scream. And so for me, when I just hear a, Yeah, we're good, it doesn't cut it for me. It's, uh, so, so I ask you again, How are you doing this morning? Yeah. So much better. Well, third time, that was good. Third time in three months, um, I'm back to talk, share with you guys again. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess I'm doing something right. <laughs> either that or nobody's complaining, so I'll take either. But Pastor Terry has asked me if I would share with you guys again this week. And so I'm here, and I know before I said when I'm up here, some of my favorite stories in the uh, Bible revolve around kids. But today I figured I wouldn't tell a kid's story. I know, shocker, I saw a couple, I heard a couple sighs from over here. So, oh, thank goodness, no children's stories. But I do want to talk about a child. Um, probably a big child, the biggest child I know. Now, uh, stop laughing. I haven't got there yet. Now, this child has a long line of pastors in his family. His grandpa was a pastor. His dad was a youth pastor. Uh, he wanted to follow in steps and become a pastor. He was a godly man, so he thought. You know, went to church on Sundays, went to church on Wednesdays, knew the answers. Uh, loved playing sports. He has a big family. He's probably his mom and dad's favorite. Um, Laughter yeah, I'm talking about myself, right? <laughs> um, sorry, Isaiah and Anthony, two of my brothers are here today. I'm Mom and dad's favorite. So I have to tell you up front. But I wanted to share with you guys today how uh, God made himself real in my life and some of the steps I went through from where I was and how I got to where I am today. Is that okay if I just get... Well, I know last time I shared I was a Lakers fan, but I'm going to get a little more vulnerable this time with some of the things in my life. Is that okay with you guys? All right. If you'd have said no, I'd have done it anyways, but... Here we go. So back when I was young, like I said, there's been lots of pastors in my family. My grandpa was the pastor here before Pastor Terry. My dad was the youth pastor. And now here I am uh, coming up and doing children's ministry and just spent a lot of my, my, my life. But when I was young, um, I always went to Sunday school, always came to church on Wednesday nights. I was one of those kids in school that people hated for this, in the sense of I did not study very hard and I got straight A's. I would have my homework done before we even left class. People got so mad at me. Um, as a matter of fact, I was so good at school, and some of my brothers really, really struggled with it. My parents started offering them money for A's. I was almost tempted to let my grades start to fall because I was not in this deal. And I, they, they would come home and be like, Mom, Dad, I'm passing with a C. Yeah, I'd be like, I got a B+. Plus. It was Dustin, why did you get a B+. Plus? You didn't really apply yourself, did you? like, are you kidding me? But I was one of those kids, um, my life revolved around baseball. I loved baseball. Played football a little bit, but mainly baseball. Played all through school. Uh, first base, third base, and catcher all the time. Clean-up hitter, that was my sport. Played it all the time. But the problem with that is baseball was my life. It was everything. Now, I went to church, but I didn't always apply what I learned in church because I applied everything to my baseball life. Now, before I keep going further with my story, If you open up uh, your notes, at the very top, there's a verse. This verse became a very key part in my walk with Christ. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says this. Trust in the Lord God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I love that last part right there. He will make your path straight. You see, not us and not myself. Now, when you break this verse down... There's a few things that become really, really clear to me and how it related with my walk with Christ. So my first point is this. We are the ones who curve our own path. When we take a direction in something, we're the ones that can take it left, we can take it right. We don't always go directly where we need to go. We have a natural tendency to take things into our own hands and we disregard what can possibly be a consequence, what can possibly be a, you know, a reaction to what we're going to do because we think it's the best way for us. We should do this or I want to do that. Does anyone familiarize themselves with that? You think you know the exact best way to go? But the problem is we have a flaw that God doesn't have. We sin. We mess up. We're not perfect. I know I probably just shattered somebody's world with that phrase right there, but we're not perfect. We, all, we, we mess up. And when we mess up, that's us taking our path into our hands and turning in a certain direction. Probably not the direction God wanted us to go because God doesn't sin. We're the ones that take that step off. Now, my path, how I was curving my path, as I was growing up, like I said, I played baseball. Um, I played the Christian card. I went to church. I knew the answers. I was the kid again in Sunday school. Everybody was like, oh, he knows all the answers. And, and that was the thing. I did know all the answers. But the problem was, all the answers were up here. None of them were in here. I wasn't transferring anything down into my heart because my heart was focused on baseball. My heart was focused on what I wanted to do there. The problem with that is when I would sin, I knew God forgives. I God forgives me. So my sin wasn't a big deal in my life, at least the way I was thinking it to be. See how dangerous that can become, though? When I think my sin isn't an issue, when it really is a huge issue, the sin is what separates us from God. It creates that division, that barrier in our heart, and if we don't have Jesus in there to take our sin away, we're we're living, like I said, I'm living with head knowledge, but I'm not living with my heart knowledge of having Christ in my heart. And that was my path that I was walking on. It was a scary mindset because I said it wasn't a big deal. I took for granted what it was to go to church. Like I said, had all the answers. Baseball was my answer. I didn't have a growing relationship with Christ. Little did I know that the more I hung around church, God was about to rock my world. Now... Are there any youth in here that just got back from camp? Anyone in here? I know that they just had an awesome week at camp. Uh, Chris, how many? uh, we got one. Woo! One kid came. Christian, how many kids did we send to camp this year? Fifty-nine youth went to camp. That's awesome, yeah. Little did I know in my life, as much as baseball was playing the key role in my life, God was about to rock my world, and he did it at camp. So, here I am, sophomore at camp, still, you know, playing sports and everything, loving. I went to camp every year, loved camp, great week. Now, we started worshiping, and I remember the song very clearly. It was a song called, Did You Feel the Mountains Tremble? Loved that song. And as, we were, as the song was playing and the band was going, this was probably the third or fourth day during the week, I really felt the tugging on my heart. And so I think for the first time in my life, I really started to worship. And I, I don't mean like, you know, okay, hands up singing a song. I meant I didn't care who was around me. I, for, in that moment right there, it was just me and God and nobody else. And it felt so good to be in the presence of God. I felt so happy. I did not expect the haymaker that God sent my direction right there. And I mean, man, he knocked me upside the head hard. It was one of those, like, you know, what are you doing right now? And in my mind, I was like, I'm worshiping you. And he's like, now? And had, Finally, you know, you've been going to church your whole life. But finally... I started listening to God, and man, he rocked my world. I remember going down to my knees and just crying, and I was totally broken because I realized right there it finally made sense. As much as I loved baseball, God wasn't telling me baseball's wrong, but he was saying, that's not your focus. That does not need to be your focus. You're putting too much focus there, and you're not putting enough focus on me. I have good things for you. I have a path for you. And that's where I got to hear this verse for the first time. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And man, it was, that verse does not say, Dustin knows the plan and he is going to do it. It doesn't work that way. God had that plan. And finally, he started revealing to me that he wanted me to start spending more time with him, stop pretending, and really start moving forward in my relationship with Christ. So that was a crazy experience for just a high schooler to have. Didn't know exactly what it meant, but I knew right there that I wanted to to work in ministry in some way, shape, or form. I wanted to get involved. And so I came back, and I got to meet with Pastor Terry because I grew up in this church. And I told him about my experience at camp, and that God, I really felt God called me into ministry. Had no idea in what capacity at that point. I just knew that I had priorities shifted because I was taking the reign of my own road, and I needed to let it go. So I met with Pastor Terry, told him I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I needed to be here. So at the time, Pastor George was the youth pastor— and Pastor Steve was a children's pastor. So we all met together, and it turned into, all right, and Pastor, a name that I used to hate is being called Dusty. I used to absolutely hate it, but Pastor Terry, he's always called me Dusty, so I had to get over it. <laughs> I did. So he pulled me in the room, and he was like, all right, Steve, George, Dusty, here's what we're going to do. And he just wanted me to start spending time here at church. After school, I'd come in and start working with George on youth ministry stuff. And then one day I'd come in and I'd start working with Steve on children's ministry stuff. And that's where I start, you know, really felt God calling me into children's ministry. But that came at a sacrifice. If I was coming to church three days a week after school, I had to sacrifice something else that I was doing every day after school. I had to start giving up some baseball. That meant stepping down from the school team. It meant signing up for a city league and not being a starter all the time because I wasn't giving as much time to the team as everyone else was on a regular basis. And for me, man, that was rough because I loved the game so much. But at the same time, I loved what I got to learn and do here. I loved getting to, whoa, I got real loud. I loved getting to spend time here and learn what it means to be in ministry because I knew that's what God had finally call, he had called me for. Not that he had finally called it, I had finally recognized it. I had finally decided I was going to put some focus on him instead. All of that to say this, I curved my path, had on the back burner for years, and when I finally put him forward, all I could think of then was, I know I'm only in high school, but man, what if I would have started this earlier? What if I would have started in junior high saying, hey, I want to start working in church. I don't really want to follow what God has in store for me. I had all the steps in front of me. I had pastors all through my family. I had everything I needed, but I was ignoring it because I was controlling my path. And it took me a while to learn there's only one person who can change that. Only God can make your path straight. Uh, When we take our path and we curve it, there's only one way to get back on track, and that's when we give it up to God. Now I want to show you, does anybody here ever get carsick? I get so stinking carsick. We We would go to the beach every year when I was younger, Stinson Beach. Love that beach very much. I hate the windy road getting to that beach. I would be the kid in the front seat, head out the window, air blowing in my face, because Dramamine didn't help. I was just, it was bad. I was, the morning we left the beach, it was, all right, everyone, here's breakfast. Dustin, you get nothing. Because they did not, you know, it's just, I couldn't do it. I would lose everything on the way up. So car Even now, I still have to take Dramamine when I'm in a car because I just can't do it. I can't read in the car. I can't play on a phone in the car. I can't do anything when I'm in the car except look ahead and have a conversation because I just I get carsick and it's bad. But, so, so take a look at these pictures. Now imagine this road is your life. You have a starting point. You have your ending point. But every turn you see right there is a turn that you caused. A decision that you made that caused your turn. Now this is an example of a road that I would lose my lunch on. I, I couldn't do it. I'd either have to be driving or, again, head out the window like a dog and it's blowing in the face, panting the whole time. But imagine, so same, same starting point, same ending point, but that's your road because you're turning it. The decisions you're making are dictating how you're turning left and right. Now look at this next picture. Here's an example of God straightening your path. This one looks so much nicer. Now imagine both roads there have the same starting point and the same ending point. What road would you rather be on? The straight road, right? If you said the curving road, you're just trying to ruin my example, and you should stop. (laughs) But yeah, the the straight road, right? And and the straight road right there, it's straight. Now, notice there's some hills on there and some mounds. God's path is not going to be, all right, start here, go there. You'll never have an obstacle in your life. That's not how God works. There are going to be obstacles. Like, there's hills right there. There are going to be things that you go through. But the thing is, when you're on that path, God's going to help you get through those things every time. Learning to trust God with all of our hearts. Be prepared to go wherever he's taking us. It may not seem like the path of least resistance because there's those bumps there, but when you get to the end, when you get like, oh man, this is the way God is taking me, you'll look back and you can realize that was the easier path than had I kept going on what I was going to do. Had I kept trying my own way, this really is the best way for me to follow what God has. Sometimes the obstacles get so big we don't know what we're going to do. Have you guys, you know, everyone here goes through hard times in life. Life happens. Life happens. Life happens, and man, I know a lot of us right now are going through some really, really hard times. And it's then that we really get to practice. All right, am I going to curve my road right now? Am I going to decide, you know what, I really need to do this instead, and really start turning? Or are you going to stay on that path and try to and let God help you get through that obstacle that you're currently going through? That's up to our choice. What path are we going to follow? Now, back to my story for a little bit. So I was working with uh, Steve and George and Pastor Terry here, and loving learning how to do ministry. And I went to Sacramento State, and up there I got a degree in business communication. Loved Sacramento State. It was up there where I met uh, my wife, Stephanie. And, you know, yay, woo! (laughs) While I was in college, I came here and I got to intern. I spent one summer interning with uh, Pastor George doing youth ministry. Spent another whole summer interning with Pastor Steve doing children's ministry. Loved the training that I got. And the plan was, for me, when I graduated, I was coming to Creekside. It was very much open talks. Pastor Terry had said, I want you here. You're going to come work here. I had my Again, I was like, I'm on God's path. We're going straight. This is what it's going to do. When I graduate, I'm going to come work at Creekside. My life is like written. I can see so far right now. It's ready to go. I knew that um, I had a wonderful girlfriend. When I got the job, I was going to propose. It was just like I could, I could block out the next years of my life. Like it was like structured. I was ready to roll. Well, you know what happens when we have structure? <laughs> we hit one of those little hills that we have to go up. Now, I got a phone call just a couple months before I graduated. It was from Pastor Terry. And things had not worked out as well here with resource and things that they thought. And so in one phone call, and it, you know, was, he told me, he said, he's really, really sorry, but it's just, it can't happen right now. The, 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 some things came up out of the blue. It just wasn't going to happen. Talk about having your world shattered at that moment right there. Just totally crumbled. I remember calling Stephanie just totally broken and crying just like what am i supposed to do i had everything in place i was going to be here steve was a children's pastor i was going to kick him out it was going to be my job i was going to come but right there everything changed at that point i had a choice to make am i going to keep following god's road get over this bump ask god to help me get over this hurdle and show me what he has in store for me or am i going to start choosing something else well i actually almost chose something else I applied to be a youth probations officer. Yeah, you can laugh. It's okay. <laughs> I love working with kids. And I know if you know me really well, I love to goof off. I love to laugh. Um, sometimes when I'm serious, people look at me and go, are you being serious right now? Because I'm, I'm not super serious all the time. And so when I say I applied to be a youth probations officer, a lot of people that know me go, you did what? Seriously? You? Beating? Like, manhandling youth? It probably was not for me. But I applied for it. I started doing physical testing, did all the, you know, the written tests, and I was flying through all those tests and everything. Like I said, I was one of those kids that didn't have to study very hard. I could just give me some paperwork, give me a test, I'll do it. But I did lots of prayer with my dad, lots of prayer with Stephanie. You know, she was my girlfriend at the time, but they eventually, they told me not to give up. They said, just because my path here, I hit a kind of a roadblock right here, that doesn't mean it's over. It just means this is one of those obstacles in that path. God has shown you what he wants you to do. The thing that happened to you at camp was a very, very real thing. It was not a try this for a little bit and then go do something else. It was a call God had put on my life. So they convinced me, and through lots of prayer, I had finally come to terms too. It's was like, all right, God, I really need to stick on your path. Maybe I just wasn't called to be at Creekside. So I eventually got a job, actually really fast. This, this whole thing is just been the span of a few months. Um, I got another job as a children's pastor at Creekside Church in Alamo. Not affiliated with this Creekside in any way, just a church of the same name. And now I was like, well, God, you told me I'd be at Creekside. I guess I was just going <laughs> to the other Creekside. But I had a lot of growing experience there. I was there for three years and then through different circumstances, still trusting that God was going to get me where he needs me to be. And I was fully devoted there through different circumstances. God had brought me back here. And so now I get to do children's ministry here, the place where in the beginning, it was like, oh, the original plan was for me to get here anyways. There were some roadblocks but God made that path straight. I can't imagine what would have happened had I gone down the youth probation officer role. I, I honestly don't know, but it, pro- it wouldn't, probably wouldn't have been good. I probably wouldn't be here today, and maybe I could have been here, but man, it would have been that crazy, windy road that I would look back at and say, man, that was dumb. <laughs> Why did I even go down that road? But sticking on God's path, the one that he set for me, we have to trust him. We have to trust that he's going to get you there. But trust isn't easy. Trust takes time. Uh, Has anybody here seen Man of Steel, the new Superman movie? I am a huge Superman fan. I love Superman. I have Superman comics at home. i got Superman shirts at home. Uh, My nephew, Ethan, is three years old. I have him convinced that I am Superman. It's great. A preview for the movie came on. He was like, oh, come on, go! you're on TV. You're on TV. And then I walked in, my... uh, my daughter gets babysat at their house with my mom and Ethan and Tyler, and so I walked in one day, and he's wearing a Superman shirt, and he runs up, Uncle Mongo. He calls me Uncle Mongo. It's a totally different story. But he goes, he goes Uncle Mongo, look, you're on my shirt. Like, he just, I'm Superman to him. I love it. My dad's trying to steal that title. He goes, he goes Ethan, I'm Superman. And he goes, no, Uncle Mongo's Superman. My dad keeps telling him, no, he's Superboy. And... But what I love about Ethan is, man, when that kid knows something is true in his mind, he is stubborn. So, jo- my brother Josh said he was almost yelling at my dad, No, it's Uncle Mongo! He was hitting the tail. I was like, That's right, I've got that boy, I'm Superman. But I love it. Now, Superman in this movie has a decision to make at one point. Now, for those of you who haven't seen, I'm not gonna spoil anything. But he's seeking advice. He really doesn't know, is it time for him to trust man with his, who he is? or not yet, and he's, he's in a church, and a priest comes up to him, and the priest says a wonderful line. He says, he says, sometimes you have to take a leap of faith first. The trust part comes later. When I was watching that movie, man, that, that line was stuck in my head through so much of the movie. I was like, man, it's so hard to learn how to trust God, it can seem, isn't it? Because we have that tendency to want to hold on to things ourselves. We have that tendency to want to say, this is my life, these are my things, I want to do this. It's hard to take that first step. Now, is Lily Day still in here? Lily, can I have you come up here for me? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't be the children's pastor if I didn't have some sort of fun visual, right? <laughs> All right, Lily, you know what this is, right? Well, it's not just a mouse trap, it's a rat trap. All right, I'm going to show you this. All right. Go ahead, hold the end of that pencil. Oh yeah. No. Whoop. Okay. Okay. You safe? Alright, now I'm gonna do this again. Do you trust me, Lily? <laughs> do you trust me? No. No. Oh, come back. come stand over here. Alright, Lily. I want you give me the pencil reset this I want you to touch it I want you to put your finger right there on the middle and leave your finger there okay (laughs) (laughs) sure you're going to put your finger on you're just going to leave it there you saw what just happened right okay okay ready for this no okay promise you you'll be okay (laughs) alright nothing happened Try again. Do it again. Push hard. What happened? It didn't pop. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Do it again. It's getting easier, isn't it? Everyone give Lily a hand. Give her a hand. Go ahead and have a seat, Lord. Thank you. Now, just like this trap, see now, now it's working again. Um, it is hard sometimes to right away place your trust in something that you don't totally understand. Just like it was hard for Lily to put her finger on that the right way. She, she even said she didn't trust me right off the bat. Thanks, Lily. Thanks for that. <laughs> but man, when she was trying to touch that, she was scared. She was really hesitant. But as I kept doing it over and over and over again, what happened? It got easier. It got easier and easier. Putting our trust in God, it's the same thing. It can be so hard to put that first step of trust in God, to take that first giant step of faith. But once you start doing it and you realize how much He is taking care of you, how much you do see that path, how much He is going to help you get over those hurdles, it gets easier and easier. Not to say it's going to be super easy overall, there's still going to have obstacles, you're still going to have trials that we have to come over. But that comes over time. You learn to trust him more and more and more. Just like Lily finally learned to keep touching that and everything was going to be okay. The great thing about trust... Now, building trust... Have you guys ever lost trust with someone? It's easy to do, isn't it? You can spend years building trust and in one instance you can blow it. You can lose all that trust you had just spent time building. When I was younger, uh, there was a movie out in theaters. Rated R movie. I was in middle school, not old enough to see it. The movie that it was is not important, but it was rated R. And my brother Jim was going to take me to the movies one day, and we were like, all right, we're going to go to the movies, and he was going to take me to see this movie. I was so excited. And so we went, and when we got back, my mom asked me, oh, what movie did you go see? And I lied. Flat out said it was a different movie. I even watched previews for the movie, so I would know some stuff that was in it so I could elaborate on my lie. Never a good idea, right? Yeah. Little did I know my brother Jim was going to feel so bad he was going to tell mom what he did. <laughs> so I'm in bed one night and my mom comes in there, and this is late at night. She woke me up. She said, Dustin, what movie did you see? I lied again. It's right there. So I went and saw this. And she looks at me again with that, those eyes, like, what did you see? At that point, you know it's over. <laughs> so I told her what I did. And she said, like, the worst thing any kid can hear I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Man, can't you please just be mad? But no, she wasn't mad. She was disappointed. And it took a long time to build that trust back up with my mom. And I had spent years. Remember, I was was the good kid. I did all the things right. That one instance of blowing it right there, I had to spend years building up that trust to where I was going to go out and do something. She finally would start trusting that's what I was going to do again. Now, we're lucky enough to know that nowhere in Scripture does it say, God blows our trust. Not once anywhere will you find an instance of God making a promise with anyone and blowing it. Joshua 21.45 says this, Not one of all the Lord's good promises of the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. And if you go through Scripture, you see God made a lot of promises to the house of Israel. But every single one of them was fulfilled. Deuteronomy 7.9 says this, Therefore, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenants with steadfast love and with those to love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Wow, the God of the universe never breaks a promise. Never once. Yet he's the one that we have a hard time trusting. We trust people every day, whether you realize it or not. Uh, We trust that the bank is going to have our money when we go there and we want it. We trust that they're going to keep it. Uh, We trust that our cable box at home is going to record our favorite show when we're not there so we can watch it whenever we want Uh, We trust that the car across the street is going to stop at that red light so we don't have to worry about it when we're going through. We exercise trust all the time without even thinking about it. But when we have to stop and think about trusting God, that's where we start saying no. That's where we start saying no, this is my life, and we start to curb our path. You see, when it comes to trusting God, trust is the practical outworking of our faith. When we walk with God, when we show our faith and relying on Him, that's when we show that He is real. And and the call here to trust God with all your heart, like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust God with all your heart. This is not a on-the-weekends-and-holidays kind of trust. This is is not a everything's going great in my life right now, so I'm going to trust you all the time. No, this this is an everyday trust. We're we're to trust him. We can't pick and choose. We can't say, God, I'm going to trust you with my marriage, but not with my finances. I'm going to take control of those. Uh, God, I'm going to trust you with my job, but I'm not going to trust you when I, maybe I lose my job or things get hard, then I'm going to start, I'm just going to cut things off right there because I need to take care of some business without you for a second. This is not that kind of trust. Trusting God with all of your heart, leaning not on your own understanding. That's the hard part because we want to understand. We really want to understand what that walk is. We want to understand that path that we have to go is. But if we're trusting God with our heart, we're leaning on his understanding. We're leaning on his path and not our own. The more we do it, the easier it gets but, like this mousetrap. Now, what she didn't do, which I'll show you. Lily, I wanted to show you just how powerful this mousetrap is. Hopefully I don't break my own finger doing it. If you were to put this pencil right on there, it didn't do it. Well, here goes my example. At home, it busted the pencil in two. That thing was just shattered. But it's scary, because we think when we're not in control, our life can break. Our life can shatter, but in all reality, when we curve our path, when we don't trust in God to make our path straight, that's when our life shatters, not when we give him the trust, not when we trust him to get us over those obstacles. So in my life, I had to learn, and trusting in God's path finally got me here where I am today. That does not mean my path is over. It just means that I'm, I'm doing my best to follow that right path, and there are times where I still mess up and I still turn but we have the God who loves us so much that he says, hey, you may be turning, but I can turn you right back this way. I can open your road to go this way. Let's go up this hill together. And as long as you're working hard, I'm going to be pulling you up this hill. I'm going to be pushing you up this hill. I'm going to get over this hill with you because this is the path that I want you to take. Every one of those hills is an opportunity for us to grow. Every one of those hills is an opportunity for us to learn how to trust even more. And it's going to take time. Nowhere would you uh, drive down the street and see someone say, oh, man, I left something at home. Um, excuse me, will you please go to my house? Here's my house key. Go inside. I'm going to wait right here because I really don't have time to go back. I'm going to beat you right back right here. But go inside my house, get this, and bring it back. You wouldn't do that to someone you don't know. It's going to take time. Just like your trust with God is going to take time. If you knew God's path for you, if you knew exactly what it was, would it be any easier? You know, like if you got that phone call and said, hey, Dustin, I want you to go do this. Yes, God, let's go. And you go and do it. And uh, some people, you know, had said in the past, you know, if I only knew what God wanted. But then I was reminded of the story of Jonah. God told him exactly what he wanted, and Jonah went that way. (laughs) But Jonah did come back around. His path curved, but he eventually came to that point where he trusted God, and God brought him over to Nineveh where he was supposed to go. It just took a little bit longer than it was supposed to. God always gets us where we want to go if we put our trust in him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you so much for, uh, for what you're doing here at Creekside. I thank you for everyone that came to join us today. I pray that in our hearts, God, in our lives, you help us rely more on you. You help us focus on you, God. You declared that you know the plans you have for us. I pray that we are able to trust in your hearts, not trust in ourselves, and follow your perfect path for us. We thank you, God, and give you all the praise. And all of God's children said, Amen.